Andy, you were talking about Splitgate. Did you see anything about that game? Uh, I looked. I I watched like a real quick like preview because I was not sure what if Ian was trying to like you know fool you. <laughs> make shit up. <laughs> yeah, if Ian, if Ian was doing an Ian, is yeah. what you mean? I posted so. a link to the Steam store. I think. Yeah, yes. but you know what? There is like hentai sex games on the Steam store <laughs> as well. So. I was watching a streamer play, like somebody that I follow started playing it over the weekend, and I don't think I could wrap my head around what needs to be done in that game. Like, it looks fun. Like, you have to almost think, like, fourth dimensionally, fourth dimensionally on, like, how you want to flank people and go through the walls to get them and shit. It's fucking nuts. I'll have to look it up. I, I've not actually watched any of it or anything. It is, it is literally Halo and Portal mashed together. Like, yeah, the multiplayer really. maps and guns look like Halo. They have an announcer like Halo. It's just that there's certain portions of the map where you can put a portal in and just go through the wall. But the so maps is it, is are it no more ADS like... ADS like Halo? No, it has that rule for, like, the snipers and, I think, Whoa. like, the battle rifle. Yeah, it has that for those guns. All right. But, I thought Brian was talking about watching a stream about a guy playing a hentai movie. I was so fucking confused. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he wants to, like, like wait, can... why... Why would I hit time? Yeah, I know. I know. You could just go live at any moment. Yeah, (laughs) have to think fourth dimensionally. That's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) I I know who to ask. I know he's on this call. If I need to go that route or look for watch anybody, Project Melody. (laughs) She's on Chatterbait twice a week usually. (laughs) Is there more information? I I wasn't sure if I was allowed to talk yet about the hentai or about the game. (laughs) Your choice. Oh, uh, and the the maps are more like Quake though than Halo maps. I think like it's that's a strange choice for a for an e girl. Yeah, it is because like you would think she would have like a normal thoughty layout and not a Quake map as her background. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, the Quake map thing's pretty awesome though. Like that's oh, edgy, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. And she does use a portal, so that's it's all, it's real confusing. <laughs> you're like, who's the dick? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it all works. It's just there's dicks involved. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm honestly confused about what we're talking about at this. It's point. all dicks and holes anymore. It doesn't matter. That's it's that's like, why I was confused. I was like, start mixing a shooter and portal like, and hentai. Like, you just what? start getting everything. Is this confused. is this why Josh isn't here? Is he done with us? <laughs> yeah, he knew how this show was going to start. We don't pull this kind of shit when he's here. <laughs> the voice of reason. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who, I'm told, smells like freshly made pizza, Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Uh, next up, is that a PC in your pocket, or are you just happy to be here? Mike Bradley. I mean, a little of both. <laughs> uh, a little and lastly, a little happy. he's looking for movie recommendations as long as they're similar to Honky Holocaust, Ian Leidick. Hi, guys. I'm very excited to announce Zack Snyder's new partnership with Kojima to Productions to release Death Stranding, the Snyder Cut, this holiday season, only on PlayStation 5. So what do, does, is it 
at any point announced what Zack Snyder is adding to this game? Oh, so I can release some details right now. So one, we're changing all the resolutions. They're only four by three now. <laughs> the you know be in line with Zack's original vision for Death yep. Stranding. Yep, sure. So and we're also we're getting rid of the baby. It's now a mother, and her name's Martha. <laughs> and we're just throwing in a bunch of zombies for no reason. They're never explained. <laughs> they're just there. You can't interact with them. You can't shoot them. They're just there. You walk right through them. Who knows? That sounds more like a ghost. Oh, well, maybe that's the twist. Oh, what a twist. <laughs> and how many extra bro moments will there, will there be? Uh, we're not adding any bro moments. That's, um, <laughs> Zach's moving in a new direction in his career. Oh, we're moving <laughs> away from bro moments. Okay. Mm-hmm. that's Actually, that's a good thing. That, that's a very good thing. Ian, as the only person that's probably played Death Stranding, how excited are you for this update? For the actual one or for Zach's? <laughs> Both. <laughs> for the actual one, I don't care. I'm not replaying another 60 hours of that fucking thing to find out what they added. For Zach's oh, version, so... <laughs> I cannot wait to play 100 hours of this game again. <laughs> so you liked Death Stranding or you didn't care for it? See, I, I, I think putting terms like liked and enjoyed on a game and not a game an experience like death stranding is incorrect i was there on a journey with hideo kojima and he drove me into questioning are babies real (laughs) because i'm not sure anymore i haven't seen one outside of death stranding in like 18 months (laughs) okay does that make you want to play it andy uh, it looks horribly boring, and I heard it's very grindy and about the same thing over and over again. But If by grindy you mean climbing mountains on your foot with no, like, without being able to actually climb and you can't use vehicles because it's too hilly, then then yes. Very grindy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like you're trying to balance shit while trying to climb, and it's fucking just... It's yeah, you get to hold in the... You gotta click the mouse buttons and hold them in to balance the one side or the other. Otherwise, you yeah. fall down and drop all your stuff. And if it gets too damaged to fail the mission, and you gotta go all the way back to the start to get a new thing of cargo to carry all the way back. The fucking... Cause you gotta go literally across America. <laughs> that sounds yeah. terrible. So, w- sounds what horrible. I'm hearing is a walking simulator between cutscenes. I mean... <laughs> But, <laughs> but eventually you get zip lines. In a zip line simulator between cutscenes, it's supposed to be better. And when you get, yeah, because it's fun because you build them all and you're like, I don't really need these unless I'm grinding. But then the big twist is after you cross America once, you got to go all the way the fuck back to the beginning. So if you didn't build zip lines, it's a bigger walking simulator. I would have quit. <laughs> it's a glowing review of Death Stranding from Ian Lighting. <laughs> they got a, a higher score than cover. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I would have quit. Oh, fuck you, Ian. That's what the <laughs> Get Every <up>. episode. <laughs> um, all right, so for this one, uh, it's been a really long time since we covered some headline stuff, so we're going to do our best to cover some stuff that we've missed. Uh, last time we did like the geek news headline stuff, I tried a little something news f- new for us, which was try to do something I referred to as like the quick hit headlines. So we're going to try to cover a lot of stories quickly. Um, I'll give some info, some bullet points. I'll let these guys chime in briefly if they want. Otherwise we're just going to kind of keep on rolling. We have a few stories 
that we will devote some more time to at the end. Uh, so namely, we'll be talking about Scarlett Johansson and suing Disney, uh, Valve's Steam Deck, and some details for Battlefield Portal. So kicking us off for some of the quick hit headlines, uh, and this is basically just kind of a PSA, uh, on July 22nd, Warner Brothers released a new trailer for Denny V's Dune. So if you would like to see it, that is out. That releases in theaters and HBO Max on October 22nd. That was supposed to come out last December, right? It's yeah, I think Something it's probably like that, yeah, yeah, about a year. I think it got delayed, yeah. yeah. And this this was one of the movies that everyone was in an uproar about because it was they decided they weren't going to release it in the theaters and only on HBO well, Max. I think for I think there is just the fact that it's coming to HBO Max, period. People don't right. like that. Right. It's meant to be a theater experience they wanted in the theater. Right. So it'll be there October 22nd, both places, wherever you'd like to watch. Uh, after months of speculation about a new Nintendo Switch model, which many thought would be some sort of Nintendo Switch Pro, it was announced on July 9th that Nintendo would release the Nintendo Switch OLED model. So that comes with a 7-inch OLED screen, wider adjustable stand, built-in wired Ethernet port on the dock for the console, 64 gigabyte internal storage, enhanced audio. It releases October 8th for $350. I think most I will of you... we talking about this later. Yeah, I think most of you own a Switch, right? Except Ian. Do you, I own uh, one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've got a Switch. I do not. No, I literally never use the handheld. You're always docking it? Always. Always docking? I, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let that go. Um, I'll talk more about Switch when we talk about Stream Deck. Okay. Because uh, I, I have some points to make about the two. Fair enough. Uh, another PSA. Marvel's next series, the animated What If series, releases on Wednesday, October 11th, which by the time this episode releases will be this week, a few days after this episode drops, so keep an eye out for that one. Wait, Wait what? O- October? You said I October. Am, uh, or sorry, August, yeah. August. Did I say October? August. Yeah, I was like, yeah, what the I was gonna fuck? Say, how long is it going to take you to edit this? I mean, I Yeah, know I don't I've even know raunchy, what the but... hell, I, like, I don't even have October written in my notes, like, that's a complete slip on my part just did you read the, the dune one again brian was planning on sharing the secret of time travel with us <laughs> after the episode he discovered it on his 1000th uh consecutive watch of back to the future and <laughs> he was going to let us in on it but now we've outed him i already this. built my flux capacitor i'm ready to go i just need the car now. well, see, well he went into the future one. and he heard this podcast and he's like really you know embarrassed to to actually release it so right yeah it's it's all a mess now yeah it's all fucked because up of space docking <laughs> beep 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 yeah docking. so at least these guys beep. are here to check me so august 11th <laughs> it comes out august 11th which is which is probably a couple days after this releases and did you say this is a disney plus yes okay. disney plus series yes animated yes, yes. marvel's first animated series I saw one movie poster for it, and it looked like it was spoilery, so. Yeah, I think I watched the first trailer, but I've stayed away from, they just did a recent trailer, I haven't watched it, been trying to, try to stay clean, I have an idea on some of the episodes and and stuff that they do, just based on, again, the toys that I saw, but, you know, how the episodes get where they go. a few things. Yeah. And there's, what, 22 episodes or something? I didn't look to see the count. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look to see the count. I feel like there's a bunch, so. Because I don't know if it's like half hour or an hour long episodes. I would assume half hour, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, that could be we'll 15 find minutes. Out we'll find out. Yeah, yeah could, could be. be Robot Chicken. 
all right, next one. Uh, Lionsgate tweeted on June 28th. In case anyone's wondering, John Wick 4 is currently in production. So that's coming. That's happening. Uh, on June 28th, Ryan Johnson tweeted that Knives Out 2 is currently in production. So this is the one we talked about before. I think that uh, Netflix has the deal for the next two Knives Out sequels. So okay. this will be the first one. I don't have a release date or anything, so. but it's coming. They say how much they paid for it. They did give a number, and I think we talked about it when we covered it, but I don't remember what it is offhand. It was a lot. It, it was a lot of money like for two movies. Way more than it should have been. More or less months. than South Park. What? I don't know. South, South Park. They just did six seasons and fourteen movies for nine hundred million. I, th- I mean, I think it was less than that. Obviously. Wait, but... wait. Netflix. No, Paramount Plus. Of... Paramount Plus has six seasons and four movies from South Park. Fourteen. Fourteen movies. Yes. Wow. And Matt and Trey are retaining online rights, so they're not selling those. They're basically getting I mean, I'm, in advance. I'm thrilled we're getting that much more South Park content, but I had no, no idea. They were yeah, I think I missed that headline. That came out today. Okay. Yeah, I definitely okay. missed that one. Uh, next one I got. Uh, we are getting, for, to everyone's delight, more Transformers movies. So there's a movie coming called Transformers Rise of the Beasts. It has a release date set right now for June 24th, 2022. It will be directed by Stephen Capel Jr., who apparently directed Creed 2. Uh, and right now only has two stars attached to it, Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback, which I have no idea who any of those people are. So this will be interesting to see what they're yeah. doing. Beast I, Wars! Really, Beast Wars! Yeah, Beast Wars was cool, but can you really consider those stars? I've never heard of I haven't either, either of them, so... Yeah, I mean, we'll be... Keep an eye on how the cast. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. there you go. Leads. We'll see how the cast builds if they if they fill in with other people that are recognizable names that people know. But for right now, that's that's all we got. A release date, and it's coming. That like for the director of Creed Two, that's actually surprising. Creed Two was a fairly well put together film. Yeah. To take on Transformers after that is like. It's not Michael Bay directing, so I won't give this a shot. I mean, the last one he didn't direct was pretty damn good. Bumblebee was Yeah, awesome. Bumblebee was phenomenal. So, yeah, I want to see what somebody see else does. It Honestly, among all the Transformers movies, it is far and away the best. Okay. And it's not, it's like, it's not even close. Like, even the first Transformers isn't even half as good. Yeah, it's worth checking My out, opinion. Andy. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Yeah, I've been wanting to see it. I just I haven't come across that on any of my streaming services, so I haven't watched it yet. Gotcha. Uh, next one on June 27th or sorry, June 22nd, uh, the Borderlands movie wrapped production. So if you haven't been following along, the film stars, Kate Blanchett, Jamie Lee Curtis, Haley Bennett, Edgar Ramirez, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black. And the movie is directed by, I don't think I realized this at the time until I looked it back up. Eli Roth is directing the Borderlands movie. Release date right now is only 2022. So it's a big window, but it's coming. Yeah, I mean, that's... Jack Black working with Eli Roth is not surprising after they did that house with the clock in the walls or something, whatever that was called. Goosebumps oh, I too. didn't realize that was Eli Roth either, I don't think. Yeah, it was. Um, But yeah, I mean, of all the people you would think, like, oh, they have Kevin Hart cast, you would think, that's Claptrap. But it's not. Jack Black is Claptrap. Yeah. Which, I'm, Which I'm also makes sense. Yeah, yeah I'm that, ready for that. That makes sense, too. Um... I'm looking forward to it. I'm not as into the games 
I guess, as much. Like, I've played a bit, a good bit of Borderlands, but I'm not, like, really into it. Like, they put out some, but, some teaser poster kind of things of just, like, the silhouettes of the characters and just the character design that they put in the movies. If you've played the game, they look very much like the characters in the game, so I'm already pretty excited about that. Is it? I haven't seen any of it. Is it like cell shaded or, or are they like they don't tell you like similar? literally? It's just the light behind the character. So all you're seeing is the outline of the character. Oh, okay. But just from the outline, it looks like the the designs are pretty pretty solid. Okay. Well. Uh, next one. Uh, and this this I got a few details for this one, but and this just sounds. Crazy. Uh, Lionsgate has set a release date for a movie called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent for April 22nd, 2022. And you may ask, what is this movie? So I'm just going to read the synopsis for you because it just sounds bonkers. Uh, it's an action comedy with Nicolas Cage starring as Nicolas Cage. He is oh. <laughs> creatively unfulfilled and facing financial ruin. The fictionalized version of Cage must accept a $1 million offer to attend the birthday of a dangerous superfan played by pa Pedro Pascal. Uh, things take a wildly unexpected turn when Cage is recruited by a CIA, CIA operative, Tiffany Haddish, and forced to live up to his own legend, challenging, cha channeling his most iconic and beloved on-screen characters in order to save himself and his loved ones. With a career built for this very moment, the seminal award-winning actor must take on the role of a lifetime, Nicolas Cage. Uh, additional cast includes Sharon Horgan, Melissa, uh, who is this, Alessandra Mastro... Masterani, Ardi? I don't know. I'm gonna kill your name. Jacob Scipio, Lily Sheen, and Neil Patrick Harris. The film will be written and directed by Tom Gormican. Uh, his only other directing gig that I saw is 2014's That Awkward Moment, which was the one with Zac Efron, Myers Teller, and Michael B. Jordan. Uh, he wrote and directed that movie as well. So, I don't. I don't know what the fuck this movie is, but I'm curious all the same. Well, it's weird because normally they do these movies where it's they pretend it's a documentary, but it's fake. But in this one, they're doing the fake movie, but it's a real documentary. It's very strange. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, what you s described sounds like the greatest movie ever made. It sounds awesome, like, yes. It's, I, oh. it's like being John Malkovich, but it's Nick Cage, and it's we crazy. We just... We just watched uh, Nick Cage in Willy's Wonderland, and that was completely oh. ridiculous. So, is that the Five Nights at Freddy's type of thing? Amazing, yes. <laughs> okay, that was amazing. And he doesn't speak a lot; speak a word in that movie. Doesn't say a, a damn <laughs> word, and he's in the movie. I would say like eighty percent of the movie. Jeez, is it acknowledged? No, oh, yeah. like he just yeah, kind of yeah. looks at people like like he says like it, when we say don't say a word, he might say five words total in the movie where it's like oh i don't think he I, said a single word doesn't he say something right at the very end no i don't think so he um he, he grunts and and like clears his throat a couple of times and goes like I mean, he might go like yeah once or something but yeah like it, it's it's a it, honestly it's one of his better performances and it's just a hilarious fucking movie it is very very funny yeah, I think this movie, the like the one we're talking, this unbearable weight of massive talent, feels like a movie that only Nicolas Cage could do. Like, I don't know if I could see anybody else pull, trying to pull something off like this. Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, maybe I'll give you that one. I feel like Joaquin Phoenix thinks he can do it, but Nicolas Cage is the only one that can. Like, this... I'd love to see something like Tom Cruise do this, but I don't think Tom Cruise is self-aware enough to even want to put himself through something like this. Well, if you told him it was just three hours of running, he'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Tom Cruise really plays the same character in every movie. Yeah, kind of, I guess, yeah. He plays Tom Cruise, which is admittedly pretty good, yeah. but it's still just, you know, Tom Cruise. All right, I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, so any Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers that do not own an Android device can now use the xCloud gaming service feature through their iOS devices and Windows 10 PCs. So instead of using the Xbox Game Pass app, the workaround for this is that can you, you can use xCloud through the browser on your iOS device or Windows 10 PC. Uh, just to sidetrack for a little bit here, has anyone actually tried this feature? I no, feel- I have not. I feel like it would be a pain in the ass to try and play, like, a cool game on a screen. Like, you know. I mean, some people just really want to play from bed. Three by four or whatever. <laughs> I haven't done it on my phone. I've played on my PC. But, like, I get the uh, why they're doing it on phones because that's where a lot of the non-US Europe market is headed. It's yeah. sports mobile gaming. That's where PUBG's doing their best numbers is on mobile. Most of the Chinese market is mobile games. So I understand exactly why. It's such a focus for them to get xCloud on mobile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've tried it on my phone here and there. I haven't played long enough to really get a taste of how well it works. Like, for the little brief moments that I've tried playing it here and there, it seems like it works pretty pretty well. Games load quickly. Everything connects well. Um, so I've, I've been impressed with how easily it functions. I just have to spend more time with it, I think, to just see how long the it lasts and how well it keeps up with itself over extended periods of time. So but, did you get, like, a phone controller thing? Or how I bought, like, it? a $15 clip that clips onto the Xbox, or the, the Xbox controller and then just plops my phone on top of it. Okay, so you're using an actual whole controller. Yeah, yeah. So the, it okay. Bluetooth connects my Xbox controller to my phone, and then I can right. just play it that way. And even just for the response time for the controller to my phone feels instant. Like, there, it doesn't feel like there's any delay between using a controller yeah, I mean, and seeing it on my phone. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, if there was a delay, that would ruin the whole experience. Yeah. It would just be complete garbage. So I'm sure they'll be making improvements, you know, between here and, you know, future time and stuff like that. But for right now, for for just kind of starting out within the last couple of months, I think it, it works pretty good. Uh, next up, uh, the Toxic Avenger is being rebooted. Uh, Macon, is it Macon? Macon? I don't know. Macon Blair, who coincidentally who coincidentally starred in the recent Swamp Thing TV series as Phantom Stranger, is set to direct this movie. Uh, as far as I can tell from IMDb, it looks to be his first big movie. The film is set to star Kevin Bacon, Taylor Page, Jacob Trombey, Peter Dinklage, Julie Davis, and Elijah Wood. No word yet on a release date, but it's happening. All these people are signed on. So, so go ahead. The original, the original movie was it like made to be bad, or I've never seen it. No, it was very serious. I don't think I like. I feel like I vaguely remember it, but I've never actually sat and watched it either. It's a comedy, Mike, but they didn't try and make a bad movie. Oh no! Yeah, they don't. They did not try to make a bad movie, but it is not meant to be a scary movie. It's not meant to like. It's not. What the hell do they call those flicks? The the company? Tromaville, Troma Flick. Troma. That was it. Troma. So it was like James Gunn like got involved with um the guy that ran Troma eventually. And that's kind of where he got his start in making movies. So I would expect him to attach onto this at some point. Hmm. Alright. If I if I was guess that's how he started in making movies, was with yeah. Troma. 
and I don't know what he did originally. He wasn't, like, directing or anything, obviously, back then, but... He was mixing up the SpaghettiOs for the blood. <laughs> yeah, w w whatever it was. But I I'd be interested to see whether they lean back into that or not. I, I mean, it's... It's one of those things that's kind of hard to recreate. There's a reason it's a cult classic. It's not my own personal preference of cult classic, but hopefully whatever they're doing can please the fans of the older stuff. I just It's weird hearing so many recognizable names attached to it. Yeah. Because like the, the press release that I saw, I think was from Deadline or Hollywood Reporter or something, just listed... Julia Davis and Elijah Wood joining Peter Dinklage, and then when I looked up the movie, Kevin Bacon's there, Jacob Trombley's there, like, these are names I did not realize were attached to this movie. That's like the fake cast list they would have in Toxic Avenger 6 for the in-universe Toxic Avenger movie to make fun of it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like, we'll see where it goes. Did, did they say who's playing Toxie? They, they didn't list who was playing who, at least the release I saw did not list who these people are playing. The funniest would be in the Peter movie. Dinklage, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping for, honestly, is Peter Dinklage to play Dots. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on and see where it goes, see if we get a trailer or something sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, next up, Colin Yost from SNL uh, and his brother Casey are taking a shot at the live-action TMNT script for Paramount. So this is a separate movie. I don't remember if we talked about this before, but uh, there's, a, there's another animated... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that Seth Rogen is producing for Paramount and Nickelodeon that right now is set for August 11th, 2023. So this live-action movie that's being written is different than that. Two separate things. So we might be getting two Turtles movies within the span of a couple years. It's Colin Jost, by the way. Yeah, okay. See, I don't watch enough SNL to know. He's also, like, married to Scarlett Johansson now or something? No, really? Bastard. Yeah. I believe they are... I don't know if they got married or engaged or something, but Amy told me something about that recently. Okay. Or a well, kid. Might well, be fitting, a kid. fitting that I they're can't. both on this podcast, then. Yeah. Uh, so, just announced today, uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch is getting a second season, coming sometime in 2022. That's all we got. No release date, nothing else, other than, hey, it's happening. Is Which... the first season over? Finale starts, I think, Friday, and then part two is the following week, and then it's done. Okay. So it'll be done in two weeks. Uh, and you you were trying to catch, catch up, up, Mike, right? Yeah, I haven't. I gotta sit down and watch. I think I got about nine, maybe ten episodes to catch up on. Okay. So I've got a, a good bit to sit and watch, but I kind of wanted that because the week to week formula for that show was bogging me down a little bit because they're so short. Yeah. And I was like, I just kind of want to power watch this. Yeah. Day, where where I just sit and catch up. So. Um, Andy, did you you haven't watched this yet, Bad Batch? I I haven't watched it yet. No. Okay, Ian, did you get you haven't got into it yet either, have you? I I don't think I knew this was a thing. <laughs> I feel yeah. like you've probably mentioned it before, but I probably I'm also feeling like I'm hearing about it for the first time. But I also I'm like ninety nine percent sure I know exactly what it's about. <laughs> well, you you haven't watched really much of the animated Star Wars stuff, right? That's not a realm. I you saw into. that movie that they released for the first season of Clone Wars. Okay, so you've that seen the, the worst of Clone worst. Wars. Yeah, yeah, that is the worst content they may have ever released for Star Wars. Uh, no, like that is... no, that's called the Christmas special. We've been over this. <laughs> <laughs> Half of the movie it's... is in Wookiee. Or the special. <laughs> and it's not subtitled. 
Yeah, just like Captain worst. America, yeah. 1990s foreign language scenes. <laughs> Always got to bring it back to Captain America, 1990. Yeah, dude, every fucking week. Turtles and Cap. <laughs> I'm here for the Cap stuff. You got to cut that turtle shit out. Uh, all right, so last one I got, which I think is probably one of my favorite stories <laughs> that I came across this week. Uh, so Lauren Hunter who is part of the Sonic 102.9 Edmonton Alternative Radio Station, uh, has started a petition to name a new park in the city after one of Edmonton's own. So the petition is for the park to be called the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion, which I think is the funniest fucking name (laughs) for a park ever. And I love it. Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion. Yes. (laughs) That's, That's pretty good. So they they did. I saw it on Twitter. James Gunn put up a tweet. There was a video of basically the. I guess the radio station must have been part of the press tour. So they were giving the petition to the cast, like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And everybody was on board and loved it. And it was great. Uh, Nathan Fillion added that they they missed one in a million. They should have put that in the title. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So that's uh that's all the stories I got for the quick hit stuff. Can I throw one in? Yeah. That I feel like you missed. Uh, the Hawkeye Disney Disney Plus oh, series good call. is scheduled yes. to start on yes. November twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. Yeah, good call. Uh, figured should throw that in there because we have a lot of Marvel I mean, listeners. You know? Yeah, we got care? one little promo image image for that. So I mean, it's Hawkeye, right? Who cares? I I care. I'm I'm ready. I care about Hawkeye. Still in those movies because I haven't seen him in like five. I feel like and I've you're also watching. behind. Yeah, so, you're, you're so behind. my fault that he's not in five movies, even though I'm behind. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which was the last one you watched? Oh shit, that's a great question. Ragnarok. Okay, then you've got what three movies to go till you see him. So he's not in like half of this. Okay, yeah, he doesn't matter. <laughs> wait, hold on, wait, no, because Black Panther's next, right? Uh, I think I got to check Brian's list. He might make me watch something else. So, <laughs> two, three. Yeah, it'll be the fourth movie from there. Okay, well, I'm skipping that one. <laughs> Fuck Hawkeye. I feel like it's probably an important one. It's probably Endgame. <laughs> it, it, is, it is. The next time you see him is Endgame. They're Endgame. all important. I mean, come on. I, I would vouch for that, yes. I agree. I, I, I don't. Could have skipped Iron Man 2. Oh, see, I, I loved that, Iron Man 2. Yeah, it's the worst Iron Man. Sam Rockwell is amazing. All right, so you we're gonna like we're gonna get, we're gonna get bogged down here. We're not we're gonna have an MCU <laughs> discussion because we could definitely go off the rails there. Uh, all right, so we got three main topics. We're gonna talk about ScarJo, Steam Deck, and Battlefield Portal. Anybody have a uh, suggestion on where we start? I want to know first. what the fucking portals are. Save the portals for last. <laughs> I Steam Deck. Well, I heard Andy first. We're gonna go with with the portal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. And Andy, I want to put you on the spot here because we 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 talked about that we were to talk about Battlefield Portal. Andy apparently has no idea what this is yet, so I'm putting you on the spot. What do you think this is? So it uh, <laughs> um, it could be a couple of different things. It could be um, you, you know how like Blizzard has a portal to get to all their games. Like it, it, it's a, it's like an an application that just launches any Blizzard game. I'm assuming it could be a Battlefield application that just launches any Battlefield game. Or okay. it's going to be like that like Splitgate thing where you can actually like portal around during Battlefield. Like a 
tech sci-fi battlefield sort so, of thing. So a game type of battlefield that incorporates portals. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's neither of those. Yeah, you're not... I don't know. I'm just trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. If you're close... It's kind of the first one. Kind of, yeah, more more towards the first well, one than the second one. closer. Uh, all right, so EA and DICE are releasing the next Battlefield game, Battlefield 2042, on October 22nd. So we've talked about that before. The game does not include single-player campaign, instead focusing on multiplayer and telling the story of the game through seasons like most live-service games do now. But as part of this game, they just recently announced the Battlefield Portal. So the idea behind the Portal is that anyone can take assets from previous Battlefield games and create their own custom games and share them with the community at large. So it will launch and include assets from Battlefield 2042, because obviously that's the main game it's coming with, Battlefield 1942, Battlefield Bad Company 2, and Battlefield 3. So you get all maps from 2042, but two maps from each of the other Battlefield games that I mentioned. So if you okay. played 1942, you get Battle of the Bulge map, uh, an El Almian. Alamine. Alamine. Um, from Bad Company 2, you get Erica Harbor and Valparaiso. From BF3, you get Caspian Border and Narshar Canals. Uh, the game, just like the multiplayer stats we talked about before, supports 128 players on PC, Xbox Series X, and S, and PS5, 64 on Xbox One and PS4. It sounds like a much bigger sandbox than just, like, picking a map in a game mode, and that's it. Like, some of the examples they were given, uh, there was one team that was set up to be only four players, but their class of soldiers was the BF 2042 soldiers versus 32 players that are locked into BF 1942 soldiers and weapons. So you got specially trained squad against World War II soldiers in a, some type of game mode. Another yeah, one they had, have, you know, what's that snipers and assault rifles and good grenades and all that up against people that have a grand. And that's right. it. Uh, one of the other ones they showcased was 20 players as the EOD bot from BF3 versus one player in a tank. Um, the CG trailer they showed had, like, one team of guys with just defibrillators versus one team of guys with just knives. So it, it seems like it's pretty... Like, the amount of options here is pretty crazy. Um, the more I was reading on it, it seems like you can play with, like, the health levels of characters and soldiers, kit restrictions, vehicle restrictions, loadouts. Like, there's... More settings here than I think just your regular custom game types. So I think just it, the it sheer sounds, amount of customization just sounds mind-boggling to me. It sounds like they're going for Gmod light. Yeah, oh, I and can see it, yeah. What I'd love to see them open it up more to where it's like Gmod, where you can really mess around in the sandbox and create just about anything, because why not? It's a sandbox with custom games. Yeah. Which is what they did with Counter-Strike. They were, you know, they were like, just let them do it. Sure. Why not? It doesn't hurt anything. Let people just have access to adding assets to these custom games. I'm really hoping they go down that route. They will not. Because, <laughs> unlikely. It's on console. It's not happening. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. PC always gets the, the fun customization stuff. Console never gets that lucky. But, I mean, this is also on PC, is it not? Right, but, I mean, but they're like, not going to... Best you would have someone make like hacked servers that you can only connect to, like that are hosted separately from the main game to access somehow. But like, there's no way they would let it have it work because they're assuming you're going to be able to play with the console players. There's no way they're going to let you import your own assets. 
It's just impossible. Right, right. The the, the assets thing, <laughs> true, but, it, you know, I mean, a lot of cross-play games even today allow you to sort to just PC. No, yeah, but I just don't or, think they're going to have, that, like, any new assets, like, bringing in, like, a Gmod would. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. I, no, I don't think it'll ever reach, like, the level that Gmod does, but perhaps... Like, I think it's more of a Halo Forge without the map building, where you can get real weird with the game modes in that, but you can't edit the maps. I think it's more like that, because I think another... That's a good comparison, yeah. ...example Brian made, like, of the different sliders, I think there's also just damage sliders for individual guns. So that way you can punch up the 1942 guns to be, like, on par with the 2042 guns. Like, there's stuff like that. It seems like it's going to be a lot. My biggest concern is, since it's all community-driven... Is having a way for the, like, to find the cream of the crop because this is always tough. Oh, yeah. And this stuff is yeah. getting the good game modes actually found and shared amongst everyone. And so, and I do know specifically they mentioned you cannot create a battle royale. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> they came out and said you can't make one. It's impossible. We're not letting you do that because that's in season two. Yeah, I feel like they they haven't ruled out that Battle Royale isn't happening, just that basically we're not doing anything with it yet. So there's still a chance that Battle Royale is coming. Yeah, season two. In terms of, like, finding the good content versus the bad stuff, I I mean, the best way I can think of it is, like, Doom 2016 had these level builders like that, where people would build their entirely custom levels and be able to upload them for people to play through. It wasn't like PvP, but you could go in and play them and it it had a fairly robust rating system that lets you know what was good and what wasn't and things that were good there was a large community that would stick around and play all the new maps and then rate them hopefully something like that can happen for battlefield so that those people that are dedicated to trying out a bunch of new stuff can test stuff and you know something that has 15,000 positive ratings is probably good Something that has 10, a lot more people need to play. Well, also, yeah, just making it easy to find new stuff so it's not just, like, here's the most 100 popular. Make it easy to filter through right. the new stuff and get in and out of them in case yeah. they are dog shit. Like, because it's also, you got to get enough people playing that new game type, too, you know? Yep. To make it function. So that, it's going to be a challenge, I think, too. But I do believe they said that the you will be able to earn Battle Pass experience while playing it. So, also, up, yes. be on the lookout for... Crazy double quadruple fast battle pass XP yeah. type. Oh yeah, that'll that'll definitely happen. I mean, we will have to have like. Here's the thing that's fun about that is we can create a custom game for any of us that are playing it, and we can have two v two or four v four or whatever. However many people we have show up that night, we can create the custom game for how we want to play it and earn battle pass XP just messing around with each other instead of having to hop into the 128 player lobbies. You know, if we want to have a night where we play those, cool. You want to have a night where you play just together, you can have that. You can, you know, if you want to kill bots, you might be able to earn XP. And I, I wonder if that's a thing. I want to know if they can do a race mode. That's what I'm most curious about. I would not be surprised. I mean, there's vehicles in Battlefield, so I wouldn't be surprised if someone makes some races. Well, I just mean, like, like you would have to have a thing in the options, to, you know, a start and finish line almost. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, I guess you could do unofficial ones. Because that's kind of like how, like, Griffball got started and stuff. Like, that wasn't yeah. built into the game in Halo. You just kind of internally kept score. Well, I'm curious, too, because yeah. they, they talk about how, you know, you could 
they have settings that are basically like just general easy to use like flick of a, a toggle mm -hmm. switch or something to turn things on and off like that's the basics of what the portal does they also mentioned there's something called a logic editor which uh they describe it as like letting players use streamlined visual scripting logic to have even more control when it comes to creating experiences so this is basically anyone that has sort of prior knowledge with maybe uh computer code and how th the computers and logic systems work that it gives you another it's visually it looks like the ui looks appealing to just layer things together and and stuff like that but i don't know enough about it to see it in action to know how easy it is to use or if it's going to be kind of confusing well, it's in it's the frostbite engine right i mean that's what i think yeah so i mean you if you're gonna use that aspect of it you probably need to have some knowledge of how that engine works yeah, well, it's not just, like, looking and, at computer code, though. Like, they have, like, graphs and stuff and looks like almost puzzle pieces you can place into what the logic editor looks like. So I don't know, again, if you don't know, have any experience in that kind of thing, are you going to be able to figure it out and just kind of piece stuff together to have yeah, it work right? You're just also going to, but they'll probably also make it where you can just download something you thought was cool and then edit it like Forge <laughs> does. Like, yeah, that yeah. would obviously yeah. be, like, the way to do it. That way, people that don't want to get that invested into it, like, okay, that was kind of cool, but I want to do this slightly different thing with it to make it fit my friend group. And then you already have the base with all those logic switches. So you could probably parse through that, you know, to figure out what you need to change to yeah. do what you want with it. I think that's where you'll see a lot of more casual people that aren't like the dudes Twitch streaming me, me creating 25 crazy game modes in four days or I die, you know, that kind yeah. of shit. <laughs> I um, want to watch that stream. <laughs> Andy, what do you think about all this? Is this something you were you're into? What do you since this is since we've told you what this is now? What do you think? Uh, I think it's a really neat idea. I don't know uh, how much it would. I I don't know that would would really bring me back into like a, a battlefield. So you wouldn't even play honestly. battlefield, let alone like I I, I imagine. Some of us probably won't even, like, I don't even know if I take the time to credit, try to create a game mode for something like this, but I will try something that other people create, but this isn't enough yeah, to really bring you back I've, to try to play it. I've I've tried doing, like, the whole create your level stuff, and I just don't have the knack for it or the patience or any kind of shit like that, so yeah. I just sort of quickly abandoned it. And it, it does get uh, cumbersome to um, sort of try out new modes and maps. Um, yeah. If they don't have a, a good, like Mike said, a robust rating system, so I can see that being um, on the verge of irritating. Yeah. Um, so they have to do that part right as well. Um, so I, I guess it, it, I guess it would have to depend. I would, I would almost want to like try it first. Yeah. Before, before buying it but I don't know how I would accomplish that. So I mean, it's yeah, it's just part of Battlefield 2042. So if you're on the fence of Battlefield 2042, I don't know if this is a selling point for you or not. It is. It is not. Okay. It's a cool. It's a cool feature, but it, it's not. It's not. It's not like I wasn't on the fence and that pulled me over to their side yeah. or anything like that. So I mean, I think that, they they even talked about quite the, the uh, quite the hike for me. So I think they talked about, you know, other assets from other Battlefield games could like Battlefield 4 isn't mentioned yet as having assets in there yet. Regular like the first bad company. So I think there's yeah, there's no. other Battlefield games they could pull from or get other maps from these three games that they're already pulling from and keep adding to this as the seasons go on. So there could be a lot of stuff to play with. Oh yeah, Battlefield 1943 was good. Battlefield Vietnam was good. Yeah, I mean, Vietnam's another one I'd like to see some stuff from. Yeah. 
I mean, for, for me, if they allow this with the next battle front, I will be 100% in on creating, like, Star Wars custom game modes and stuff like that. In this case, you know, I feel like... I don't know if I could get people to play it. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the thing that would bother me about creating. Yeah. Is, like, are people actually going to play it? And, it, you know, let me spend 20 hours making this perfect game mode, or what in my mind is a perfect game mode, and then I go to launch it, and then it's like, oh, my friends don't want to play it, and then these people don't want to play it, and I just spent a lot of time making this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants yeah. to play it. I, I so wonder like, if you're going to be able here? to. I wonder if you're going to be able to like test it against AI or something. You know, like just like have a test run. I mean, there's got to be some sort of troubleshooting to it because you're not going to just right. be able to create it yeah, without testing exactly. it, upload it, and then someone plays it and it's busted as hell. Right. Well, I don't think they would. Yeah, I mean, let you make it busted. You know, I don't think they're giving you that much well, control. I think it's a lot like what Mario Maker does. So if you create a level on Mario Maker, which I've done a lot. In order to upload it, you must beat it yourself. So there's like that test range where you can't just upload this dumb, stupid, impossible thing if you can't beat it yourself. Yeah. Um, you can, and... though, just invisible doors. Well, yeah, you can create little <laughs> tricks like that to do it, but there's also the aspect of um, things like on... Uh, Gmod and and anything that lets you upload stuff like that. If it just crashes the game all the time, there has to be a like a something that just will not let it load. It, you know, not let you upload it. They've got to have some sort of barrier that keeps out stupid shit that people can do with that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, I I don't. I guess Andy's still not sold on the game. Are you or Ian and? Mike, are you guys planning on getting uh, BF twenty forty two? So my issue uh, is, is that uh, the last I feel like battlefields have always launched with launch issues that I think are worse than other games. So it's definitely a wait and see for me. Like, is this game even good? Because like <laughs> I don't know if it will be. EA and Dice have like a track record of like eventually it kind of gets there, but I know early yeah. on they've struggled, and I know like. COD 2019 Modern Warfare was great. Black Ops sucks. So, you know, it's like, I can't, you know, I can't go on on faith. I want to have to wait and see and make well, sure the game doesn't suck, you know, big donkey. To be fair, for me, like, Battlefield 5 was not fun. I did not enjoy 5. I enjoyed Battlefield 1. Yeah. But 5 just felt lazy to me. Um, because it was so much just Battlefield 1 again with new maps. And okay. It, 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 I don't know. The whole thing just felt off to me with Battlefield One or Battlefield Five's design. Um, but in terms of this, I was sold on the sixty-four v sixty-four and wanting to just try that out. Yeah. I was like, that sounds amazing. You know, having that many people in two teams. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I kind of went in on that. And now this portal idea. I see something for, like, if you're able to do it, you know, I mean, maybe we can make four teams of 32 out there. Or, you know, some crazy shit that you might be able to do. Whatever you can do. I, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Um, Does it sell me on it anymore? No, I mean, I was probably going to pick it up 
because of the you know the 128 player lobbies. Yeah, and you kind of got to do that early if you want to find easy lobbies, I guess. Because you know, I mean, those fir- that first month lobbies will be filled right away. You know, and I feel like after the first few months, it might take a little longer to fill those gigantic lobbies. Yeah, I'll have to see how it gets. Would you notice they put like, a battle royale on it. 40 players missing? Well, I mean, I don't know unless I play it. I've never played 128 player versus lobby. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am a Battlefield apologist, so like, I love most of their games. So I, I'm surprised I haven't pre-ordered this yet, but I'm, I'm definitely picking up this game. I like the portals, the customization stuff sounds interesting, and I don't know if it drives me any more or less to get the game. Like, I'm more excited just that they're like remastering maps from other games. Like to me, that's enough of a selling point. Just having other maps to play from other games that I like. Like 1942, Bad Company 2, BF3, like the, I love all those games. So to have 19- some of the maps come in from that. 1942 was their first, right? Yeah. Oh, but I would buy it right now if they announced Big Head Mode. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> that, um, well, I mean, with Portal, you might actually be able to enlarge people's heads. Yeah, maybe this is setting somewhere. I wonder if it is, but like it doesn't change the hitbox. <laughs> you have <laughs> to hit him like right in the nose. <laughs> yeah. Didn't Goldeneye have that problem when it because Goldeneye had the big head mode? Yeah. But only if you shot them right in the face. Yeah. Because it would like paint their face on a part of the character model, and then the rest of the head would be huge. And if you shot the rest of the head, nothing happened. Yeah. If you shot the face, you got a headshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Last call for Battlefield Portal stuff. Anything else you guys want to touch on while we're here? Nothing? All right. Uh, so the next one I heard from somebody was Steam Deck, so we'll go there next. Uh, July 16th, Valve, uh, the company behind Steam and developed such games as Half-Life, Portal, Left 4 Dead, Counter-Strike, announced the Steam Deck, which is basically a portable PC similar in design to a Nintendo Switch, or if you're a 90s kid, it kind of looks like a Sega Game Gear. Uh, Steam Deck is set up for bringing your Steam library of PC games with you wherever you go. So some of the features of this device include a 7-inch touchscreen, uh, trackpads located under each of the thumbsticks in case you want a little bit more precision when you're moving and aiming. Uh, it has a single USB-C connection for charging, peripherals, even putting the game on the TV if you would like to. Uh, it has a Wi-Fi connection and Bluetooth for wireless peripherals. Runs on the Steam OS, but I believe that can be taken off and you could load any OS and other programs you'd like to, basically just the same as a PC. Uh, battery life is said to last somewhere between 2 to 8 hours, I guess depending on what you're doing. Storage can be expanded with a micro SD card. Comes in three different versions: 64 gig for 400 bucks, 256 gig for 530, and 512 gigs for 650 dollars. Uh, reservations are open. I don't know if the, how easy or difficult they are to get. Uh, it will start to ship sometime in December. Uh, so, Mike, you would had stuff you want to add here. What do you think about this device? What do you What do you want to chime in with this one? Um. So let me first, before I take a little bit of a dump on it here, um, say I love the idea. I love the concept. I love what they're going for. Um, You know, the idea of having these games, you know, that play very well like they would on a PC and all the games you could have on your Steam right there on a handheld. Awesome. Fucking great. Um, The problem is the price. 
this is vastly overpriced if you want anything that has actual storage. So what do what would um, you expect the price to be then? Well, for as a for instance, for the same resolution, which you're only getting 720p out of this. I don't know if you're aware of that. This is a 720p for the handheld version setup. Yes. Yes. 720p high frames, supposedly, until it's actually in hands and tested. We won't know what kind of frame we're actually seeing. But, like, but other peripheral output you can do 1080 or 4K? I do not know. 8K. Um, You can do up to 8K with uh, if you had an 8K monitor. Obviously, you don't. So the USB-C to an 8K monitor would work, then? It, theoretically, if anyone owned one, yes. Yeah, I yeah, think right, I think docked right. you get better resolution. So if you put it on TV that's sure. 4K, you'll get 4K from the TV. It's just whatever okay, you okay. would set the resolution to, you know. Right. So, but he- here's where the the issue comes in. If you look at 64 gigabytes, it's only 50 bucks more than a Switch for the same amount of storage. That's actually very reasonable for that version. But for the 512 gigabyte $650 model. Um, the only like difference here really is that we're talking about, um, more storage. Like you look at the other stuff they list as like the keys for it. It's mostly cosmetic stuff. Okay. So they say it's a faster storage, but they don't tell you what. Um, is that listed somewhere? Like, I I was unable to find what fastest storage available actually means. It's just a faster NVMe drive. They didn't give, like, more specific, like, read-write speeds than that. Right. Well, that's what I was looking for, so I could accurately compare it. In terms of, like, the micro, you know, the cards that you can get for expansion. So, because, you know, that 64 gigabyte you have there on the first one, until the 512. That's a big jump. That's $250 more. Well, so the first one doesn't have an MVME drive. Right, but it's still $250 more. Yeah, but I mean, the, the, the specific type of MVME they're using is, like, pretty expensive, relatively. What is that type? I, I'll top my head, I can't remember. Gabe answered an email about it. But I believe I remember, like, a one terabyte version of it cost almost $300 for that specific um size of it. Uh, okay. Well, what what I was going off of is you, you know, the OLED switch is coming at 350 bucks. And you can get a 512 gigabyte expansion for the memory for it for 100 bucks. So your total investment on an OLED switch would be 450 bucks for games you cannot get anywhere else. There is nowhere else you can get those games that the Switch... It, it, like, let's face it, if you have a Switch, you have it for Nintendo games. It, like, it, very few people, I think, are using the Switch to play games like Doom. Well, or, I think that's the difference well, here. I think you the, it just depends what you're what you're going for. If you're into you PC no, games no, you and you're can't. going for PC games, then you get the Steam Deck. If you're going for Nintendo games, you get the Switch. I think it's two different audiences there. When it, but the point I'm making is that you can get the games you get on Steam elsewhere right but you can i get think... it on xbox you can get it on playstation you can get it through the windows store you can get it there's a lot of places you can go for those games 
I guess I don't see the Steam Deck marketed to the console crowd. I'm seeing it as an extension of the PC crowd. I understand that, but I'm just getting to the point that, like, Nintendo games are available only through Nintendo. Yeah. You get one of, like, their whole library, that's it. Whereas the Steam games, there's a lot of options. And you're still talking about, say, $200 more for the same amount of storage. Maybe not the same speed, but the same amount of storage and the same basic idea. Why couldn't you just expand thing? the $400 Steam Deck like you're expanding the Switch one? Because it uses SD cards, too. Okay. So, I mean, that. So then it's not like... it's. So, like, I guess, you're, I think, like, comparing the bigger one with the NVMe isn't necessarily a fair comparison, but I think, again, it's, they're completely different markets. Like, the games you're playing on Switch, like you said, it's not a comparison of price in that sense. I don't think Nintendo did Steam any favors. I believe they originally wanted to have all of these prices up by $100, but, like, within the last month, they decided to go with this. They're not really making money on these. They're selling these very cheap. There are... Other handheld computers mostly coming out of China that started like $1,000 for a similar experience. So this is very competitively priced. I was stunned at these prices. These are amazing prices for the hardware you're getting. The graphical power packed into these is, yeah, for a handheld computer, Mike, it's outstanding. Like, you try and get a comparable laptop at these prices, you can't. I mean, it runs 720 that runs that would run the games at these 60 fps is like running control at 720p 60 fps you couldn't do that i don't think with a laptop at this price point i haven't priced a laptop at that price point but to to me it the price was off-putting and i think a lot of that like you said might have to do with switch and their price for their new thing but also because of you know the price the retail at least price of the new Xbox, of the new PlayStation, which... Which aren't handheld you know, devices. Like, that's completely different No, 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 but concept. I'm saying this is the generation we're in, though. This is still the generation of gaming that we're in, and this is coming out... I mean, this is cheaper than your phone that plays ex- worse games. <laughs> if we're talking mobile gaming, this is the best mobile device, and it's cheaper than the phone we all use that plays shit games. The phone thing, I don't buy a phone for gaming, so that's not, uh, like, that's that's completely different. I mean, you can put WhatsApp on this, you got Discord on this, now it's your phone. (laughs) You got Skype, you got Google Voice on there, now it's your phone. Now it's your phone for cheaper than a phone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I want to get, I want to get Andy in here. Andy, what do you think about the Steam Deck? Anything worth getting, like, you have a PC that you use stuff for would you is this an option for you if you don't have a pc like the, where, where the, do you stand the, this it, if i bought the steam deck it would be way better than the laptop i'm currently using and talking to you guys <laughs> on so um this this laptop uh barely runs windows 10 like, so you're upgrading barely, to a steam barely. deck come december i'm excited yeah. let's, let's hear about it i i was i was actually eyeing it up because um i've actually been eyeing up trying just to get a a, a new like a computer that's not a laptop now that I have like a desk in a, in a room and everything like that. So, um, I'm sorry, Juan. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, there are games that steam has that you cannot play on console that are the games that I would want to play. Like heroes of might and magic. You cannot play on a console. 
I don't believe you can you can play I think Civilization Revolution, but you can't play like Civilization Seven or, or um, Six and on on consoles. I don't believe. Um, uh, and like old games like uh, Colonization or what's that? Diablo Two. Diablo Two, uh, Starcraft. You can't do uh, on consoles, and, and those are the RTS. things. That, yeah, I yeah. <laughs> Um, I've tried RTSs on consoles and it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, you can take command and conquer mobile. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, <laughs> it, it would be, it would be kind of slick, you know? And, um, even if I were to buy a steam deck and just attach it to my TV and use it like a regular computer, I could do that if I wanted to. So yeah. Part of the like peripherals that my, they've, they listed was keyboard and mouse. So if you want to plug it in and use keyboard and mouse, it's there too. Yeah, so so we could just attach it to our TV and be like, okay, look, we got a computer, but we can take it with us on vacation. Yeah, you know, which well, which which I think is is fairly cool. The the hesitations that I have, um, I, I can't remember who said it in Discord when this got announced, but someone listed a whole bunch of things that uh, Steam has come out with, and like. I'm I'm pretty sure it was a meme, and I don't know if there's any bearing or anything on it, you know. Um, yeah, all the but, failed but it, valve peripherals and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they yeah they're they're all failed. I, I I addressed this in the Discord. <laughs> Steam controller worked. It does what it said it does. People that liked it like the Steam Link works. The Steam Index, the Valve Index, people love that fucker. It's the best VR headset on the market. Steam OS. This they... right here is why the Steam controller didn't work. Is because the Xbox controller is just superior in every way. See, I still prefer the PS4 controller to the Xbox controller. Blasphemy. Yeah, agree to disagree <laughs> on that. I'm not going to get into that argument, but it, it's still, it's just, and it was cheaper, I believe, too, than the Steam controller to just buy. Like, because I think the Xbox Series X controllers are like forty bucks. Series X? No, so, I don't think they're that cheap. Yeah. You find them, maybe they're on sale somewhere, but I thought they defaulted well, like 60 bucks. If you can get them. Series X yeah, retails for, I think, 60 Even still, that's still cheaper than the Steam controller was. You, you could probably find deals if you wait. Well, they started enough, you know? liquidating Steam controllers, so I don't even remember what that launched at now. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, yeah. But that worked. Anymore. That's the thing. It, people didn't buy them, they worked. <laughs> So you're afraid of this not having the longevity, Andy? You're thinking it's not going to just last or catch on or break but, or what? But that's the thing. Um, you just throw Windows on it and you just have a Windows computer. You don't need them to support it long term. Right. Yeah, that's that's the part that I kind of like. I like having the ability to just, like I said earlier, just hook it up to my TV and be like, look, we just got a new computer. But look, we can throw it in the suitcase and take it wherever the fuck we want to go. As long yeah. as we have Wi-Fi, well, we're, we're good. We can pay bills or... Look at itineraries, or you know, fucking play a game. <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's something that's nice too. Is it like you can move it from one TV in your house to the next, or to the monitor, and you know, you can take it from one place to another. Whereas like a PC, it's like yeah, it's hooked up to my monitor. I'd love to be able to play up in my living room too when I wanted to. Oh, I I, rem I remember playing old school StarCraft land games where you took your whole fucking PC to somebody's house and tried to hook <laughs> it up into a corner and try and find something to use your fucking mouse on. Um, that, that was always fun. 
Yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. This, I, don't, I don't feel like you're talking yeah, that, about well, this fun. I mean, sound, once that everyone like actually got a setup for two hours of gaming. Yeah, once ev- everybody actually got like hooked up and like connected and everything, it was actually a lot of fun. But the the whole connecting and everything was a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, Ian, where do you stand on this? Something you'd look into? Thinking about? Well, for me, it's a no because I already have one have a gaming computer, and I, I mobile gaming still doesn't get me. I don't. I, I just don't travel enough, like, for work or something where I would want a mobile option to play. Like, where right. I'm long-term somewhere and I want a game for a lot of that time. It's either I'm on vacation and I'm out doing stuff or I'm reading books by the pool. Or, like, it's a shorter trip and I can I can just not game for two days. So, for me, it's still not there just because it, it's not, this isn't marketed to me because it's not... Yeah. I I demand more power. That's why I spent <laughs> way more money on my computer than this cost. Yeah, like I spent more on a graphics card than any of these options. <laughs> you know, this same. This isn't me. And like I, I play mobile stuff. Like I I'll read an article on my phone or read a book. Like I do that more for travel than bringing along something to game on during that. Like even yeah. the games I play on my phone are just like little gotcha bullshit games that don't really fucking matter. Like, I think it's cool, but if I was going to get something, I would diversify into, like, a Switch because the Nintendo games that we brought up. But I could see if I was already owned a Switch or if I was maybe console only and, like, I wanted a computer but also mobile, that this would appeal to me. You know, a yeah. cheaper computer that can that's got the dedicated mobile gaming thing. I, I understand where they're going out with it. I mean... It's selling well enough that it's already the pre-orders now are for Q2 2022. Yeah, okay. I missed that part. I mean, and that's something that, like, even for me, like, I have a Switch and I don't use it for mobile gaming. Like, it's... (laughs) I will use it in the mobile mode while I'm, like, sitting on the couch watching TV. Taking a shit. also doing something... Yeah, you know, whatever. (laughs) But but saying, like, doing something, like, fairly passive in the game... Yeah, I mean, like, there's, like, playing Pokemon. You can just sit there and just do something fairly passive. It's not like Mario where you're platforming and shit and you have to pay close attention. You can do that while you're watching TV. But actual mobile gaming where I take it with me out the door, never. Yeah. I've not done that once. Like, I know, for me, people I know that are interested in this are people that don't have a computer currently. And this is kind of, like, a good option for them. Like, my one friend... He uses the Switch 97% of the time handheld, you know? Like, this is something that appeals to him because he also, he doesn't have a computer, and this would open him up to being able to play stuff, because with a Switch, we can play Rogue's Company and Apex Legends, and that's about it together. So the only two games, and Apex Legends only added that, like, five months ago. <laughs> Hi, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I... It this, the announcement of this was like, oh, this is cool. Look at the, like just the versatility of what this does. I was like, that sounds awesome. I feel like it's something I I want it. But then I started thinking about it. It's like, how much would I use it? Because then I think about how much I'm using my Switch. Like you guys said, mobile. I don't use it mobile much. Like occasionally I'll take it in bed and just play a little bit before bed. Uh, I took a Switch on vacation once. That was about it. Like I did and, you use it while you were on vacation. I did. Much? Yeah, here and there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it was worth bringing. Really? Like, yeah. Yo, babes, look at me beat this Mario Maker level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure I throw it up on the screen and everything. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I 
part of the because I don't have a like I have a PC, but I don't think it's it's not built for gaming, so I don't think it can do some of the games that I want it to do, or at least well. So I don't know if it would be an alternative for me to instead of like putting in the money to upgrade my PC to be able to play games well enough, or just get this and sort of take the mobile and have that versatility with it. Sounds appealing, but again, how much time I'd actually use playing it for the money, I don't know if it's worth it for me. Because primarily, I'm still a console player. So if I'm going to play games, I'm going to be sitting in front of my console playing games. So how much would I actually use a portable PC? Like, that's that's the give and take for me. So with 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 the... Um, I don't know if it's emphasis, but with, with the trend being uh, streaming while you're gaming, how how compatible would this Steam Deck be to any sort of, like, streaming setup? To be honest, I don't know it how well it would work. It would have to be hooked up to a capture card. Sorry, one more time. It would have to be hooked up to a capture card. Okay, like how and you would do uh, if it has a switch. Yeah, if it has a USB three point um, Well, I mean, it has use it's just USB C on it. USB C. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, you could hook it up to a uh, a capture card with that, but it's not going to be like great resolution or anything. You'd probably be like better off be... using it with a dock. Like, the dock has other ports. Yeah. Like, you yeah. have a USB port on the dock, so you'd have to be docking the system and then somehow route the the, the capture card through the dock. Well, couldn't you just use OBS that at that point? Like, directly? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, oh, if maybe. you're doing that, you may as well just game on your computer and use a program. But, I mean, if you only probably. had that, I mean, I think if you were just running the Windows 10 on it, you could just run OBS through it. It wouldn't be the ideal way to stream, but I think you just could do that. What's like, OBS? It's a streaming software. Like, what okay. you launch to start streaming. Like, it records the screen and sends that data to Twitch. Like, I think if you installed Windows 10 on this, you could then just install OBS, Streamlabs OBS or whatever, and stream it. You know? The, the question would be, like, I know it, it, it has a decent graphics card, but what's the processor like? I don't think it's and great. what's it's the more, RAM like? It, it's more like you can do it. I wouldn't recommend doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like your stream quality would not be good going that but route. It would be very poor. I don't know. Okay, I was just curious because that seems to be a pretty big trend right now. I don't know how different it would be from then people that like would stream directly from their Xbox or PlayStation without hooking up computers to it. You know what I mean? Like just launching with the built-in stream thing, like yeah. just quality yes, of the stream wise. Is... I don't know if that would be drastically different. But I th- again, I think I mean, if you wanted be to be a streamer, you're newer. doing other stuff. Yeah, if I, you're I, actually trying to be a streamer, you're going to take it a little different. Like you're, like you're, you're asking your mom for V-Bucks instead, because that would get <laughs> so, you more viewers. So it'd be more yeah. like someone streaming something from their Switch. No, I stream for my Switch and I can get full resolution, well, full everything. Like Using a separate and, computer. I think it would be more like you would want to use it to stream if you were just trying to show it off to your friends something. Not if okay. you're trying yeah. to, like, become... If you're taking streaming seriously, you're going to upgrade your PC and get all the peripherals to be able to do it. You're not going to do this as the... If you want to dabble, maybe try it. Yeah, but like, it's not something to do yeah, sustained. Like it, it's a share your screen in Discord kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Or I think I even Steam has yeah, that built in now, like, seems, with your Steam friends. It seemed like yeah. a valid yeah. question, considering, you know, the trend yeah. of PC or any kind of game, I mean, honestly. It, mm-hmm. It would be viable, but again, if you wanted any kind of quality, you're still buying a capture card, and mm-hmm. you're still running it through a PC to get the quality. I wonder if they'll have like a you know stream edition 
if 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 this works, you know, do you think they would have like a built-in streaming thing? I mean, at this point, we'll just have to wait and see how well it sells and see what they do. Right. Like, there's, if the, if it sells well enough, I would imagine a 2.0 coming out at some point. I don't know how soon, but I don't. I don't know if it's the selling as much as the reviews. I think. Well, well it's also the demand for it because, like, a stream edition, like most streamers, as is having be, being, I don't know, successful at it for a month. I can speak to it a little bit. Um, you're gonna customize what you use yourself there's not really a lot like elgato is really the only company out there that's taking an interest in building stuff for streamers at this time and they're good at it but there's a lot of better options out there where you have to go and customize yourself and work on the software yourself and you know elgato makes decent products but not the best well i guess i just i'm not sure what a streaming edition would be because when you like buy a pre-built computer and add click streamer bundle they just send you like a circle light maybe a stream deck and a camera you know it's not like they're customizing it in some other way they're just adding on peripherals when you buy it you know like that's what a stream yeah, like, edition of buying a computer in... gets you so i just don't know okay. if they put a change. capture card in it right i they might i i you know i clicked the bundle one time <laughs> just to see what it gave you <laughs> i just I wanted mean, the to capture card's the most expensive part like that's not a small cost for if you want like top end quality you know like a 4k capture card is like three or four hundred bucks whereas like the capture card you can hook up to that is probably about a hundred bucks because it's going through USB-C. so it would be a little different all right bringing it back to the steam deck anything else we want to add for the steam deck i think it's really cool and i, I want to see what they do because of the native without installing windows that runs steam os which is basic it's a version of linux and most games aren't programmed to run in Linux, so it's using a program called Proton to basically kind of emulate a Windows environment, and not every game works on it. And the big, the bigger issue for them, though, is because it's gotten a lot better, and a lot of games do work now, but the issue is, is that some anti-cheat software doesn't work with Proton, and Valve's already announced they're working with those anti-cheat developers to get that to work with Proton. Like, it's a very cool technology, what they're doing, and then... But it is nice that they're just saying, like, well, if you want to install Windows, fuck it. Install Windows, and then don't even install Steam. Just install the Epic Store and play Fortnite on it. We don't care. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because that was a thing I thought of, is whether or not, since it's being Valve and Steam produced, if it's going to be locked into the Steam OS and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool that they can give you that versatility. Mm-hmm. I, I guess Epic the, was the, very the happy only about thing, it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the only thing I could see there is, like, I don't see why Epic would be pissed. But, you know, I mean, if they wanted to block it in some way, I don't know why they would. But I wonder, like, what that would do, legally speaking. I, I just no don't know if they, what they would go like, through. how, because it would just be a computer running Windows at that point. Like, how would you identify right. it's that? And then, at that point, that's so much work to do into it. I feel like that's actually more expensive than the impending lawsuit that would for the, Yeah, for them just to lose money anyway, because people aren't playing Fortnite and spending V-Bucks and all that shit, so... Still, they'd, they'd definitely make out with that. Like, I would want to know how... The, I want to yeah. know if there was a letter sent out, like, if we needed to, could we do this? Just because I would want to <laughs> know, like, what their plan was to tackle that. I'm sure they, that's <laughs> not occurring, because they're trying to push the whole, 
hey, just let us do whatever the fuck we want on your platform. <laughs> they kind of have to be very supportive of this right now. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to get brought up in their well, ongoing legal trial of Apple. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is all I remember is them going through a bunch of shit with Apple over... Like, all the monetization and all that in their game and everything. And, like, I don't know if it, because it's running through the Steam OS or because it's running through the Steam hardware, if Steam is going to, I don't know, put restrictions on it. No, that's because you would just run Windows 10. You wouldn't expect it, but... I think it's neat though that uh, you you wouldn't have to like try to figure out to like a way to jailbreak it yourself. You know, like you already had like you have the option to yeah, yeah run they, whatever. They're like, just do it, bro. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm game. I mean, that's kind of Steam I'm in stuck general. On New Zealand. Ste- <laughs> Steam is a hundred percent in that boat of just do it because the the amount of like indie games that Steam produces that don't end up anywhere else is a, like it's actually staggering the number that just end up nowhere else and that's a really good thing for Steam to promote this with is like all these games that you're not getting anywhere else and you never will you can try them out here some of them end up like on where well, I think we were talking just recently like ones that wound up on uh Game Pass like Human Fall Flat and things like um, Gang Beasts and things like that. That I mean, these were games that people just made on a whim that became really popular because they're friggin' hilarious fun. Yeah. So to import that whole library as well, I think is a lot of what Steam has going for it. Now, the big question would be, would this be the best platform to play Among Us on? That I could not answer. <laughs> <laughs> I we still need to have a uh, Super Friends Among Us kind of thing when the time comes. Is it on Xbox yet? I haven't paid. Attention. I don't think it hit Game Pass no, yet, but it's coming to COD. So wait, it's coming to COD. They're, yeah, we'll get into that next episode. <laughs> They're adding. Yeah, Among we'll get Us into to that COD. when we when we wrap this one. But all right. Oh, that get. Oh yeah, the 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 double agent thing that yeah, they were you're talking the about. You're the one yeah, that yeah. told me about it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did. I did. I'm thinking like Among Us characters running around in, like a skin you could buy as an Among Us character. In COD, I'm like, did they make it? Is that going to be a thing? No, okay. It, it probably will that be. That would be even better. <laughs> it, is Among Us the game that has, like, the little, like, red and blue guys? Yeah. Look like they have, like, yes. little face masks or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, so anything else for, for Steam Deck? Or we'll spin to the last one. Buy it now. Okay. Spin away. All right, so the last issue we're going to tackle is uh, Scarlett Johansson suing Disney. Over Black Widow. So she is basically suing over breach of contract over the release of Black Widow. So she's saying that Disney knowingly violated her contract by releasing the movie on Disney+. Plus. So part of her contract of the film is that some of her salary is tied to the box office gross of the movie. So when the movie released both in theaters and on Disney+, Plus, even though people have to pay for it on Disney+, Plus, that potential box office earnings, and therefore her salary were impacted by the Disney Plus numbers. So those are what the headlines are saying, but that's not really the full argument here. The main point of the argument is that Disney planned to release the movie on Disney Plus, but at no point decided to renegotiate ScarJo's contract to allow for that percentage of the gross to be reflected in her salary. So in a nutshell, the box office gross would go to Disney, and a percentage of that would go to to Scarlett Johansson. In this case, whatever got... When it, when the movie came to Disney Plus, whatever was money was made there between new subscribers and people that paid for the premium access to the movie, all of that money 
goes to Disney. So Disney is, of course, trying to play coy and saying they're they're doing this release due to the global pandemic and what's going on in the world with theaters and all this stuff. And this is the best release strategy that they could do, which obviously, like, I, I agree with that. That we're, you know, theaters are not still open in some areas. This is not people, people aren't going to the theater like they used to. This is the best way to get it to more people. Sure. Uh, and then Disney is trying to drag Scarlett Johansson's character basically through the mud by saying that she has a callous disregard for the pandemic and is more worried about padding her $20 million salary, which just, they're just trying to throw shade and just piss her off, I think. Because they um, paid her that. that that's Right. They, they're the <laughs> which, ones that are making that salary, that number. Which is something else that, like, her salary was never disclosed. So they just threw it out there on Front Street as they're slinging shade at her. So that pissed her off, too. Uh, but I also think this is, like, the first stone that's going to be thrown in an ongoing war between studios and the talent over a shrinking theatrical release window and a growing streaming revenue. So if you think about it, in this case, at the time that the Black Widow movie was made and produced, the intention was to release the movie only in theaters, just like every other Marvel movie that has come out. So, of course, when Scarlett Johansson works into her contract that she would get a percentage of that box office gross because Marvel movies have the potential to make over $1 billion. They have done that in the past. And then the pandemic happened, and then the release date shifted and all that stuff. This was delayed more than a year. So it just so happened that during the pandemic, a lot of studios, Disney included, have their own streaming services where they can successfully attract, where, they, where they're trying to successfully attract new subscribers and keep that subscriber base there. So they have an avenue to release this content there. So going back to before the movie was made, with Scarlett Johansson signing her contract, there was never any intention to release this movie straight to Disney+. Plus. The only reason it came out of, to Disney+, Plus is because of the pandemic and everything that's been going on in the world. So she had no reason to include that type of clause in her contract. She could have, though. And I'm, she could have. Uh, and I'm sure that this is the same could be said, this is me speculating here, that I was, I'm assuming Emma Stone, because of Cruella, also got a premium access on Disney+. Plus. Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson for Jungle Cruise, that was also a premier access uh, movie on Disney+. Plus. We haven't heard anything about any of them fighting this yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're the next ones to fall in line of this. Uh, so I think this lawsuit has bigger implications than just Scarlett Johansson's contract. So I'm very curious to see how this shakes out and where this goes. Because I feel like it's less about... It, this is, again, me on the outside looking in. I feel like she is pushing this not to try to get her money, but because this is going to affect other people in the, the, like the talent realm, actors and people involved in making the movie going forward. If this is going to be how theatrical release windows are going to be, studios are going to try to bump their numbers for their streaming services and then take all the revenue. Obviously the talent, if they're, if, if the movie had gone to the box office, they would have got a percentage of that. So they want that same, I'm assuming they want that same percentage if it goes to a streaming platform and the company is making money from it. Why wouldn't they get that cut also? So I think that's where the line in the sand has been drawn. And I'm curious to see where this goes. So those are the facts. What do you guys got? Where do you see this going? I mean, I, I'm expecting a deal to be struck. I don't know how soon, but I, I feel like they're going to work this out. Well, from what I've read online from other, from, I saw to say other lawyers, implying I am one. <laughs> but what I've read online from lawyers is that she has no legal legs to stand on. Like, she's going to lose this. This is no chance of her winning. And if anything, it is, like you said, more of a message to the studios about this. But that also seems like an agent SAG issue. Rather than a individual issue, like, 
just start your agency to start negotiating for this. SAG needs to put that into the next union contract. Like yeah. that seems to be where this needs to go. Like she ain't getting a dime from Disney. They're not. They don't have to. They're not going to. They're worth a billion of her. You know, like they don't give a shit. Like they can yeah, replace guess, her. Guess, like it's not I guess, important. I'm trying to think that like maybe they'd have a little bit of goodwill towards someone that has made that many movies with them over the course of 10, 12 years. And maybe they'd try to play nice, but I guess I'm, I'm differentiating between Disney. I'm like, I'm not differentiating between Disney as a company and Marvel studios as a company. I think Marvel would back ScarJo, but this is above Marvel. This is Disney, the parent company of Marvel. That's, making these which, decisions and I think some, this. I, I think, if she tried to make a deal with them before suing that that means that she either asked for so much that marvel couldn't okay it on their own or for some reason they can't like they would have to go higher up in the corporate yeah, right. ladder than that's marvel true. that's what i'm thinking yeah. otherwise they would have probably hashed this out because i believe when hbo max announced that stuff i believe we heard warner brothers was going to go back to different like directors and actors to pay them some of the money they weren't getting due to there being no theatrical release at the height of the pandemic. When yeah, because that, that was started. a stink when all that stuff was announced, too. I think we, we talked about that when it happened, too. Which, that was, you know, when we talked about that, that was more like directors and studios and how they're affected by the box office and vice, like how theater chains were affected by that change and stuff like that. We weren't even really thinking about the talent involved and how they might be affected by box office gross and tied to their salary and stuff like this. So this is the first instance where I really even gave that a thought. Well, I think what you'll see in this specific instance is that Disney will, I guess, negotiate with her to the extent that they feel like they need her in the future. Because she is an asset to them that can make them more money. That's how they will view it, and they will decide whether or not they need her enough to make more money off of her and whether or not they want to play nice based on that as far as other actors go um like the ones you mentioned um emma stone and emily blunt and dwayne johnson are like the other big name actors you know it's not always a guaranteed kind of thing that actors have the percentage of the box office built into their contract and you know like that's not always a thing sometimes they just get paid a flat rate which i think we'll see a general shift back towards in response to a lot of the bigger focus on streaming services where instead of saying like okay well i'm not going to base this on a percentage of box office anymore you're just going to owe me this much for doing the movie and that's my price period yeah um, you know it when robert downey jr kind of kicked this whole thing off in a big way when he made absolutely insane money off of his work in the earlier end of the Marvel universe with the percentages that he was getting, I guess, because they didn't foresee that being, I mean, that contract he signed is insane. Yeah. The amount of money he made early on. So a lot of people wanted to move toward that. And I think given the streaming services and all that, you'll, you'll, you'll see that shift away. If they don't strike some sort of deal with, you know, the unions, uh, I guess the the SAG is the one that's the big union that they would have to work with, correct? I would assume, well, yeah. For actors specifically, because I mean, we had this whole thing with the Writers Guild strike, you know, what was that, over a decade ago now? But that strike was, a yeah. lot of that was about online streaming revenue at yeah. the time. Yeah. And, you know, we've only gotten more and more there, so we could, you know, there's a chance of a whole industry-wide strike at that point for that kind of stuff. 
But again, I, I, part of this, the problem is, is like they said her re- salary number because they're trying to get the same spin that the sports leagues like the NFL use when their players are negotiating new union contracts. They want you to hate the person because they're making 20 million while they don't tell you that's how much their CEO spends on his yacht. Like they're yeah. trying to pit us against oh, these absolutely. people. And it, it, it's bullshit. Like it's bullshit in the sense that like, I don't give a fuck about Disney's corporate health. They get paid ScarJo whatever well, she's asking. They're going to wake up the next day just fine. Yeah. And this, this to me was, I mean, one of the things that, I mean, I, I stated about it myself was that this is a rich person arguing with a really, 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 really rich person over money that isn't actually going to change either of their lives. Like, if she gets $20 million more out of this... It's not going to change anything for her. She's worth a lot. And it's, it's not going to make a difference. Right. That's why I think the big argument is... And if they don't is, give it, it makes no difference. That's why I think the big argument is her basically stepping up to the plate and being the first one to lead the charge against this change for the talent. Just in the same yeah, it, same way where, you know, when WB did this thing, all the directors got pissed at Warner Brothers because they put these movies that were intended for theaters on HBO Max the same day directors started claiming they don't want to work for Warner Brothers because now Warner Brothers could throw their shit on streaming whenever the hell they feel like and they didn't like that idea. This could be the same way for talent, where if Disney's going to be this stingy with money and revenue and contracts and stuff like this, you might see actors be like, you know what, I'm not going to work for Disney because they're going to pull this bullshit. The difference is is Disney owns 80% of studios in the box office. (laughs) Well, that's true, too. I, I guess the the other point that like as a counterpoint to that is that the only people that are able to demand a percentage of the gate of box office are people that are making vast amounts anyways. Right, which is why it had to you be Scarlett Johansson stepping up to the plate to try to do this instead of Joe Schmo that's making one million dollars per movie. <laughs> I guess my point my point is, is that she's not, <laughs> she's get a not real stepping name. up for the little guy here, is I guess my point. She's not stepping up for people that really need her to step up for them in some way that are up and coming in the game or anything. They're not getting a percentage of the box office. This is, she's stepping up for stars. That's it. Like we're talking what? 80 people, maybe less, you know, like can demand a percentage of box office. That's a very small number of people. Well, I'm sure they would give it for some smaller stuff too. I just mean like, we're talking maybe 80 people that would even attempt this negotiation is what I'm saying. Not even get it, but like that's part of the actual negotiation. So that's what it's such yeah. an important. It's like that's barely an NFL team, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and that's why I say like I don't think of her as like some, I don't know, fighter on the front lines or something because it's it's not. She's stepping up for people that genuinely could just say, "Okay, give me fifty million instead of 20. right? And they'll just get it. Okay, I got you. Because, I got you. Like she's not. It, like if this was something that affected the people that make. $40,000 for making a movie. Yeah. I'd say, okay, yeah, she's doing something, something. But she's not. This is affecting people that make 20 to $50 million for making a movie anyways. Yeah. Like, I'm okay. more surprised this wasn't a lawsuit by, like, SAG or something than anything else. Oh, like, yeah. A union, yeah. Like, a more of a union dispute than a, like I said, individual, like, personal lawsuit. And that would be a little bit better to represent the acting talent as a whole instead of just one person. You know, like, just the, that way they could just try and make it clear, like, if you're going to try and do day and date stuff or something, like, we need percentages of that then. You know, you can't yeah. just try and undercut the contract negotiated because you're trying to tell your corporate investors, your stockholders, we're generating value in Disney+. Plus. 
Like that's right, part right, of right. the argument is that they're pleasing their shareholders, but hurting people they've already negotiated contracts with by doing right. that. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, Andy, I want to get you in. What do you think? Uh, as a counterpoint to, I can't remember who said it, but uh, actors not wanting to work with Disney Disney Studios after after sort of like this this battle. Uh, I think I'm a little bit more worried about studios not wanting to work with her after this battle. Like she's she's mm. like the squeaky wheel, you know. Like, ooh man, I don't know if I want to be associated with any sort of drama that might come along with us trying to hire ScarJo at this point. And after uh, all, I'd be the... a little bit more worried about that than other actors. You know, I, I'm pretty sure a lot of actors would jump at a chance to work with Disney Studios just because of you know. See, I think just with, with the three of you are starting to spin me to the other way, and now I'm starting to think like if if we're all sort of going that way, and it seems like it's hurting Scarlett Johansson's chances at either acting or finding work somewhere else when all's said and done. Like, what does I'm she not have saying to gain? It will, from... but I'm saying well, I like I, I get that side of the argument. It's something I didn't think of. So you start to wonder like, what does she have to gain from this, and why is she even trying this if it could be that detrimental to her? Well, I think part of it you just want to get paid what you're owed what you're worth like you want a fair value in disney took that from her like they they probably didn't break the contract legally what disney did was not wrong ethically was it you could you could make an argument there and i I think part of it's just her wanting to get her value because also she's big enough that this actually matters to her that's the whole reason that's even in her contract that she get a percentage and you know maybe she can pull some strings of other people that are that you know popular but at the end of the day, I, there's a higher chance, yeah, like if Andy said, it hurting her yeah. more. And it's also her last payday with Disney, as far as we know. Because, oh, right, yeah. you know, this was the end for the character. So, you know, her future working in these Marvel movies, especially as a lead actress, even if she appears, she's not going to be a lead actress again Yeah, in these Marvel movies. So this was the last big payday. She's probably trying to maximize that. Yeah. Which I, I mean, I get that, but it, you know, to me, it still comes down to two parties that don't need the money arguing over it. Which yeah. is, I and, mean, and that's, their, that's 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 what Disney's gonna do, like media wise, sure. is make us like be like, you fucking bitch, why do you need fucking money? <laughs> I, I don't even have a house now. Like you know, and I feel the same way about Disney not wanting to pay it. To but her. it's the fact so, that like, you know, I'm like I'm on the road where I'm like, you don't need it, they don't need it. Wait, this is millionaires arguing it, with mo- billionaires. It's exactly, whatever. and I'm always going to side with the millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> I side with whatever. I'm just like, yeah, Andy. I feel like I cut you off when you started talking. So what? Do you have something else you want to add? Yeah, I was just going to say that um, as volatile as uh, careers go in Hollywood, some you know, there's a lot of ups and downs, and there's some. Uh, famous actors or actresses that basically fall off a cliff and I hear, hear from again. Maybe she's worried that that is something that her career is heading towards, being that she's at the end of her Disney contract, so she's trying to squeeze the sponge for every little bit that she can get. Gotcha. And, and yeah. that's 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 a valid fear, in my opinion, because she's, she's getting up there in age, you know, and I quite frankly haven't seen her in too much other too many other things that have been popular since she's sort of taken on the mcu role yeah so that that uh just trying to come from like her thought process and trying to do this yeah get it while she can uh there's no guarantee she's gonna get anything like it in the future so right not everybody can get that marvel money 
Um, I mean, I guess the only other question I sort of had, which I guess we sort of talked about is like, how do you think you see this impacting the industry going forward? Do you think we're going to see more like, I guess contract wise, you think people are going to work in more like, give me a cut of the revenue for streaming services things. Or you think more like, I think maybe Ian said it more of just like a flat fee, like wherever this thing ends up, just give me this and that's it. I mean, that's what yeah, Mike I was saying. I think. Mike said, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, that's what it always was before. Yeah. You know, it was just give me a flat fee. So it's easier for an actor to say that because we still don't know what the monetization is really going to look like long term from streaming services. We've only got a really small sample size at this point. And to say that, you know, I need this much from the box office and this percent from streaming because you'd have to negotiate it differently, wouldn't you? It wouldn't have to be the same percentage from both. You'd have to negotiate it somehow differently. Yeah, if you were going to try and do that, I mean, you could, whether you're you know, Disney or the actor, yeah, you know, it, it would I mean, be so, many so hard to, to prove that that the percentage you're getting from the streaming service is because that well, person bought the streaming service because of your movie well, or, or whatever, and that's you what know, makes that's, it even tougher. Premier because... access grants you access to multiple movies instead of just well you can't really like it doesn't rent black with, widow right no you can right yes you can it's 30 dollars yeah. on disney plus to watch black widow so you okay. could do that i thought and i that thought premiere access widow. you could just do premiere access and you could watch whatever yeah it's premier not like access an upper thing. tier of disney plus okay. it's any any movie That's... that says they are premiere access you can buy it to own through the service for well, 30 dollars but isn't okay. it also you only get it for a limited time no, I think it's yours. Like, it, like it's you. Basically, you're paying for three months early access because okay. after three months, it's going to hit still the service not, anyway. You're still not buying it though because if you cancel the service, you can't watch it. Well, it's fa- fair, yes. So I guess it's, it's a it's a, it's so a it's, prolonged it's, it's rental. It's a stadia marketing. It's okay. a stadia strategy. <laughs> but but this is where it gets difficult, is because with streaming services and all these contract negotiations they would have through Disney, that's how it works. But on HBO Max, the movie just ends up there at no extra charge. Versus, I, I, has Paramount had one do this yet? I don't know what they are. Well, which I think for I think no one subscribed to that service. <laughs> I think I think that's the difference between like the True. HBO Max and Disney Plus is that Disney Plus is putting a finite amount on the movie, a like Black Widow, amount. Jungle Cruise. That's thirty bucks. Like the stuff that's hitting Warner Brothers is just part of the subscription. So I don't think yeah you can't. That's gonna, like Andy said. You can't you factor that? right. Yeah, new subscribers. You can't figure that part out. As far as a cut of a, a revenue could, somewhere, which is why I see things to. going back to flat rate. To well, no, you could, but I, that's why I think you see it going back to flat rate, though, is because you have all these different streaming services that have all these different methods of monetizing, and you just say, you know what, if you want me to make a movie, this is the price. Yeah. As opposed to complicating it and going through all this, because then you have movies that are made by Disney that can end up on other streaming services. Do I get a cut of that? Do I get a cut of it when it ends up on Hulu? Well, you'd probably get and, a cut then, of the sale of the rights. Like, if I'm assuming if you're negotiating the right. contract. And I think it makes sense that if you can get it, like, let's say, let's use HBO Max since they don't have an easy, trackable way to somehow negotiate that. Like, just for the residual long-term payment. Like, I get a quarter percent of something of the monthly fee of that person watches the movie I was in. You know, during a month or something. Well, that's part of the, to try, like, the writer's that kind thing. Of weird shit. You know, yeah. Like, that goes like, back to the writer's thing. It's like, you know, these people were paid for syndication rights on television and stuff like that. But streaming was never factored into that. So these people are getting something that they worked on streamed over and over again daily for months. And they're and not getting seeing rid any of cut those, of that. 
that cut hurts the syndication deals. Right, like they're getting right. less money yep. from that in the future because right. of the streaming. So yeah, this the the whole streaming thing. Like we're still in uncharted territory here with how this all shakes out, and it seems like every other year something else comes up where someone's trying to figure out how to get streaming to work for them and revenue and who gets paid for what, and it's just an ongoing struggle. And it's weird because apparently no one makes any money. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they all want you to believe, is that nobody's making money off of it. We're doing this at a loss, guys. Completely not viable at all, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you hear some of the numbers, and I I still don't understand how Netflix is making money off of this shit, because like the amount of money they're putting out for content, it doesn't seem like they're getting it back, so I don't know, they have to be losing money. You know Comcast is paying them, right? No, I didn't know that. If you're subscribed to Comcast Cable, you have Netflix. Okay, so they're getting a cut of subscriber base through Comcast. Yes. Okay. So Comcast is paying them. Every Comcast customer that has television through Comcast has access to Netflix. That is a insane number of people. That's a weird because that Comcast is like two streaming services you get through Comcast. You also get Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, yeah. Peacock Plus actually you get or Premiere whatever Premium whatever it is, which you get like the good version. I know you can yeah. watch Netflix through like the Comcast box, but I didn't know that you got like a subscription through them. It, it, I would look into it if you have Comcast because it, it took a bit to get it set up, but it's supposed to be covered by your Comcast like contract. And it makes total sense that Comcast wouldn't tell anyone about it because they're Comcast and fuck them. Yeah, uh, yeah. To Andy, mm-hmm. Andy, to your point, like I remember, like Netflix just suddenly being an app on like Comcast, and then you sign in with your Netflix credentials. Right. Yeah. That's that's that you're that's already what paying we, for on top of what, your cable. Right. That's what we did. Yeah. But I didn't know you, that you, if you go like I would cancel of... Netflix if I already am paying for it with Comcast. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, that's how they get <laughs> well, you. Like, if you <laughs> if, if you link if you link the accounts. So there's a way, like, you can keep your Netflix account, so if you ever get rid of Comcast, you don't lose any of the information. But if you link the accounts, Netflix will stop charging you. Oh, okay. There's, there's a way to link the accounts so that you don't lose any of, like, your saved movies or, you know, whatever. Your watch list, stuff like that. So it's not a new account, but you can just, yeah. And I, but, I mean, and how that. many more of them end up on Comcast that way? But, I mean, that's how Netflix is making money, because Comcast has how many customers? Five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I... Billion. I have no idea. I don't even know how many countries they're in. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know Comcast numbers. But, yeah, like, it's it's a ridiculous number. So, when you see Netflix paying big money, then you gotta remember, that's not all the subscribers Netflix has. You know what's crazy? I heard that actually Netflix is going to start introducing um, ads, so you will have to upgrade to an ad-free version of Netflix. That makes <laughs> sense, honestly. I... Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to the YouTube Hulu method, I think. That's awful. Yeah. But, maybe, I mean, it is what it is. If they choose that method, I'm not paying for them to begin with, and Comcast will probably cover the premium one, so fine by me. <laughs> Uh, all right, anything else for ScarJo? That's the last story I had. We'll close it down with that one. We love you, ScarJo. <laughs> Disney, you can pay yeah, me money to do power. stuff. <laughs> I won't sue. You can sue. pay me half of what you pay him, and I will do three quarters as good a job. That's a good value for them. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah, There's too many percentages <laughs> in that. I, I hate fractions. 
I just nodded like I knew what was going on. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Right. Live action frog fractions. Get at me, Disney. <laughs> all right. So that's it for us. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Give us a share on social media. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher. Uh, hopefully, anywhere you find a podcast, you find us. Uh, if you like the format for what we're doing with the headline stuff, let us know. If you want to hear more stuff like that, we'll try to work it in more often. Uh, it's always sort of a work in progress how we do the headline stuff. So let us know what you think. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Try to email us, braggasuperfriends at gmail.com. Uh, it's there. It's it's active. I probably won't see it, but, you know, Godspeed. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at BGSuperFriends. Uh, that I'll reply to, that I, that I see. Follow me on Twitch, uh, Jedi Bry Guy, Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. If that's we ever so decide hot. to go, go live, we will do it there. Uh, and that's it for us. Uh, on behalf of Andy, Ian, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Angry stack of pancakes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.